bite-sized powerhouse, Ryland Charlton. Mate, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Are you welcome? How are you doing? Yeah, no, we're, we're all good, thank you. And so me and Ben, actually, we discussed uh, your, your last two previous fights, really, in, in the last few episodes. And um, it's kind of an honour having you on. And we'd like to start with you talking about your, your previous fight against kind of Florian Marku and give us your thoughts on why maybe it didn't work out um, the way you'd hoped, I suppose. Well, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a tough fight. Um, it didn't, the... The way it didn't work out was a fact. The weight class is is not my weight class. Like he's a, he's a lot bigger, um, stronger, and he. To be fair to him, he performed very well on the night. He done a good job, and um, yeah, I was just trying to. I was running out of ideas. I just, I mean, I know I was just coming at him, but it's kind of like my technique is just keep walking him down until normally about five six rounds, the opponent's exhausted and feel like, oh shit, you're still on me. But, yeah, he wasn't really tiring much, and so he's super fit. And, um, yeah, just the weight as well. It, my punching power is my asset, but when you when you kind of put me up against someone heavier, my punching power is not, not, not strong enough kind of thing. So, yeah, he, he boxed very well, and he'd he done a great job. So, yeah, that's when that. You, sorry, when did you, like, sort of see um, that he was a lot bigger? Was it at the weigh-in, or when was the first time you sort of saw Koch? He's he's quite big. Yeah, it was the weigh-in, yeah. Like, um, I I thought that... I mean, I've never had to make weight. I didn't have to really make weight for that fight or the Laws fight. I just weighed in whatever. And obviously, I'd say, like, 95% of boxers have to make weight. But, yeah, it was the weigh-in day, and I just... And there were some photos some people took, and we were both doing this, and... And I just looked tiny. I looked like a small frame and everything. I thought, shit, he's, yeah, he's big. <laughs> he's a proper welterweight kind of thing. And yeah, that's when I noticed it. So um, going forward then, talking about weight, is that, so you're not, you're not going to fight a welter then uh, anymore? Is that, is that it for you? You want to move down? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I want to fight uh, 140 pounds is, is my weight. Because um, I mean, on, on, I never really, I walk around at about, 147 pounds when I'm not super fit. So, I mean, I weighed in on the day of that fight at 10 stone three. Um, and just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I could easily make 10 stone for like world's weight. So yeah, we're going to be doing that from now on. How did you kind of adjust in the preparations, obviously for boxing at that weight? Was it, was, did you find that quite difficult or did you settle into the weight quite easily? Um, yeah, it was kind of difficult, especially with the, the guys sparring. I mean, I was sparring some guys and they're like six foot and they're well to weight. And I'm, well, I'm five foot seven at a push. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I found it kind of difficult because I was trying to build up a bit. I was eating quite a lot. Um, and I'm trying to sort of, and then when I'm sparring, I'm carrying weight that I'm not used to. So I was feeling more exhausted here and there. So yeah, it was a, it was a funny camp. Um, wasn't the best camp I've had, so I'm making excuses now. But it was a camp where I was trying to build into a welterweight, and I got up to about 11 stone two, and I was blown out my ass after a round. <laughs> I mean, one one thing that I think everybody can say is it was all over Twitter, wasn't it? I mean, that fight was almost kind of that was the fight everyone wanted to watch, you versus Marku. And then when we watched that, I think every single person I've spoken to has walked away saying the braveness and toughness of you in that fight almost won everyone's hearts, even though you didn't get the victory. So it almost, it's not a win-win, obviously, because you don't want that loss in the record, but it probably must feel nice to get the kind of recognition you've got to say, you won tough fucker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Like, um, 
I don't know what it is with me. I, I feel like when I'm in that ring, I've got, I just won't stop. And I, and I don't know what it is. I just keep coming forward and I just keep doing my thing. But yeah, the amount of love I got from people and yeah, like I said, it wasn't the win, but I feel like I won because I have got a massive bit more following from it and uh, like massive respect from everyone has been messaging me. I've had millions of messages and I've tried to get through as many as I can. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been nice the amount of support I've had after that fight. Was um was it quite frustrating, obviously, in there with Marku doing a lot of talking during the fight? Because, I mean, personally, from my point of view, I feel like that's just wrong in the ring and, and you should leave the talking, you know, to before. And then once you get in, crack on. Did, did it frustrate you quite a bit that he was he was talking in there? Um, Maybe it did. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't getting wound up by it. Um, But, yeah, that talking stuff, that it's just no need for it. Like, he, he spoke enough throughout the, the bubble week and stuff and... Yeah, he was just, the ref should have really stopped that talking stuff. But um, I suppose Florian was the golden boy. But yeah, it didn't really, didn't really, I don't think it wound me up. I think I was just, I was just in there focused, trying to do my job kind of thing. But it's kind of annoying the more I think about it now. It is. And then I suppose pushing on to the end of that fight, um, you know, when you're, you're corner eventually through the towel and we've seen, you know, a few quite that happened recently and, and and were you happy they threw the towel in kind of as a fighter I know you always want to go out on your shield but what was your opinion on, on your corner no I think it's, it was the right move for my corner um I think I turned around I was like oh, what's you that for thank fuck for that I should been beaten up for eight rounds so part of me I was like yeah I, I was happy with it but it's also that bit thinking I've just been stopped which is a bummer but um it's all about my safety at the end of the day and yeah I think a few more rounds I would have I was, I was out, I was outpointed. So I think I'd lost my power by that round. So by the eighth round. So yeah, all I would have only would have won by a knockout, and I don't think that would have come. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was pleased with the decision really. And obviously, you said you know uh, mentioned maybe moving down. Has, has Eddie had any conversations with you now, and sort of given you some sort of time scale as to when you're going to come back? Yeah, yeah, he actually dropped me a message after the fight, which was nice of him saying, like, I can fight and um, we'll have you back, hopefully summertime, he said, something like that. Um, and we'll go again at £140, so it's great, yeah. He's just still got Eddie Hearn backing me and Matchroom backing me, which is which is brilliant, yeah. So they can see I've put on a good show and I've always, I'm always in entertaining fights and at the end of the day, it's the entertainment business. So, yeah, he's happy with me, I think. Is there any, any fights that you, you want um, at that kind of weight that you're looking out for or you kind of just take what, what Eddie, I suppose, and the team kind of come to you with? Yeah, I just, I don't really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a massive follower of boxing. I, I don't really know who's at my weight kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'll just let whoever Eddie wants to get me in with, we'll just, we'll just go from there kind of thing. And sort of like, speaking of maybe goals now, is, is there something you've got your eye on, like a certain belt? And, and what sort of, where would you like to leave the sport sort of at the end of it all? I want to just learn as much as I possibly can in this game, get as good as I can, and brilliant to get the, the British title, and then just go as far as possible, really. I don't know where it, where it can take me, but I think a British title I'd be happy with, and then we'll just go from there. And Ben, me and you were, were touching upon this kind of, we're, we we it's so difficult for fighters right now um, during I suppose the pandemic as well. So I mean, how difficult is it? I suppose having you know your sponsors um, is such an important part at the moment. But 
kind of not being able to get out regularly as a fighter? Kind of is it difficult? Because I know you mentioned before you, you have a full time job. So how, how do you balance those two? Um, being a professional athlete and at the same time, you know, having a full time job. Well, I um, the pandemic for me is has been a bit of a blessing. Obviously, it's terrible, but it's been a blessing for my boxing because I, I mean, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have got the laws fight. Like I've always just been on small hall shows, and then when it came to no crowds they'll need to make money via views and all that kind of stuff so they have to have more 50 50 fights so um it's, it's the pandemic's worked well for me my boxing and um, work-wise yeah i'm a chef um by trade but the hospitality industry screwed but i ended up landing himself a job in a care home so i'm still i'm doing not really chefing it's cooking it's not my extravagant food or anything but um it allows me also to train um, because it's easy hours I'm not in restaurant hours where I'm finishing at like one o'clock in the morning kind of thing it's, it's I finish at three o'clock in the afternoon and then I can go and train and yeah so the pandemic's sort of like been, been pretty good for me that's to be great honest. yeah at least, at least you can take a positive away from it yeah exactly yeah and uh, Ryan, I wanted to uh, take you back all the way now. Sorry, going going quite far back, but just your amateur days and sort of how you fell into boxing. Because we like to ask all our guests where it all started. So when did it start for you? Okay, so I used to um, I used to sort of just pop down the gym, boxing gym a little bit with a few of my friends, probably about five five friends, and we used to go down there just for a laugh. I used to like fighting a lot as a kid. I was quite hyperactive, so I needed to burn off a lot of energy. So um, yeah, going down the gym for a bit and then my friends kind of just sacked it off and I just stuck at it. And um, oh, I think 17, I had my first amateur fight. I had about 50-odd amateur fights. Um, but I never really, I was never, I wasn't, I know it sounds silly, but I was more of always a pro style. I was always just sat down on my shots, loaded up, like trying to knock people out all the time. And in the amateur games, like you've what, three rounds, three minutes max, it just flick, flick, flick. And I wasn't ever that flicky. So um, I, I don't know why that. I won more than half, more than half, um, out of 50, I think 50 or the one about 36, 37, something like that. Um, and yeah, I never took it too seriously. I just used to like to fight. So I'd, yeah, have a fight and then maybe have, I used to go traveling a lot when in my twenties, and I'd go off traveling for six months, come back, have about five or six fights in the boxing season, and go away again. And then I suddenly thought, I'm bored of getting punched in the head for free. I want to get paid for it. So yeah, <laughs> then uh, got my pro license. I think I was 20, 25, I think. That's, I mean, sounds like kind of for a boxer, kind of dream twenties, being able to travel and kind of building your amateur career at the same time. It seems like a, a nice little setup you had there, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm glad I managed to, I maybe turned pro a bit late, but I'm glad I managed to kind of live my life first because boxing, you have to, boxing has to be your life kind of thing if, you, if you're a professional. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad I got to, yeah, travelled quite a lot. Um, but you start, I sort of started getting bored of living out of a rucksack and <laughs> ability kind of thing. And now it's nice. I've finally, oh, it looks like I'm living in a bit of a, bit of a, <laughs> moment because um, I've just moved into a house and in the middle of renovating it so but it's nice to actually have a base like when I was traveling a lot it felt just all over the place but now being professional having a base is pretty good where, where are you based mate so I probably should have done my research but I'm assuming it's Norwich or, or have you moved yeah. down to London? yeah Norwich City I'm based 
Interesting. And Ben, we want to touch upon um, your kind of sparring, didn't we, Ben? We were talking about this before. So, Rylan, you're, um, you sparred with Conor Ben before your Joe Laws fight, was that correct? I heard about that. So talk to me about kind of some of your, your sparring experiences you've had in the pros. Yeah, so I've, I've actually been really lucky with sparring. I've, um, my manager is a good friend of Tony Sims, which he's a, um, he's a matchroom trainer, trained Conor Ben and all that. And I used to, yeah, I've been down there a lot. I've done a lot of rounds with Connor. Um, I sparred Ricky Burns, Joe Cordina, uh, Martin Ward. Um, yeah, I sparred a lot down there. Um, and Connor Ben's, Connor Ben's very good. I sparred, the thing is about the Laws fight, I, I had one spar for that fight, and that was Connor Ben, one decent spar, um, because we only had two weeks' notice, so we couldn't really get any sparring in. No so I had, I had one, I think it was six rounds, six rounds I'd done with Connor um, before that fight. And yeah, after I think quite hard work kind of thing, then I realised I've got to have a fight kind of. So I wasn't a hundred percent fit, so I hadn't had a full camp. I've been ticking over, but yeah, Ben's good, very good. So I enjoy sparring him. We've had some very good rounds together. Have you sparred um, David Avenisian at all? Have you been? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, I have sparred him. He's an animal. He is. He's an absolute animal. Um, he's very good. He's strong. Um, I kind of knew that was going to be the outcome. Um, with Josh Kelly, he's just yeah, he's just so just solid and and yeah, we done we had a proper war together and I probably played into his hands a little bit because I was just coming forward and oh yeah, that was a tough spot. He's a, he's a great guy as well. I like him a lot. So I mean, out of that division, I suppose you're a great person to ask because you've sparred you know so many of them. Out kind of the Florian Mark, obviously he's calling for Connor Ben, Connor Vet, Ben Avenisian. Who do you think kind of comes on top at the end of all of that? After you spoke, like your experience, I'd say uh, David Abbey I think, yeah, <laughs> I feel Connor Ben is very. He's he's getting better and better. He's so such a good fight, and he's improving so much. So I don't really know. Maybe it'll be a tough fight them two, but I'd say Florian would probably he'd get beaten by both of them. I think personally. I know you didn't um, sort of you don't really follow much boxing, which which I find quite interesting um, personally. Have you? Is that always been the case? Have you never never watched it even growing up? Was it was it always just yeah? Yourself I, and never watch. I kind of I, I like watching it. If it's on, I watch it. But um, I'm not like people say to me about people my weight, and I think I've never heard of them. I don't follow that many. I follow Matthew Matram boys and stuff, but I'm not. I'll watch boxing if it's on, but I don't keep up to date with who's championing, like, all, like, say, British champion, European champion in my way. I don't know any of that. No. I don't know why that is either. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because I do it myself and I'm involved in it myself. And maybe that's why. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because for me and Ben, like, we were talking, you know, we kind of watch, you know, from the kind of area titles all the way up. And it's quite refreshing to see kind of a fighter involved in boxing who like just is so dedicated to the sport and wants to kind of just go down their own path. I, I think it's kind of a really unique and kind of quite, quite refreshing. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but talking about that, I suppose, I think everyone has an opinion on this. It's hard not to. What, what's your opinion on AJ Fury? So I feel like I should probably be saying AJ because I'm a matron boy and all that. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you also, you never know in, in, Heavyweight boxing, because one punch can change it, change it all. I will, I'm going to say Tyson Fury because his boxing skill is, is is great, and he's already been up against a big puncher, 
uh, with Wilder and stuff. So it, I feel like I feel like Josh Joshua could do it because he has got good boxing skill as well. But I just think Fury Fury will have it. That's uh, that's what most people are saying, isn't it? So. Yeah. yeah, everyone we've had on, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> we, still we still haven't found an AJ man. We're waiting, we're waiting for one. Yeah, he might he might surprise us all and just knock him out. You never know. In, in heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, listen, um, Riley, I think we've uh we've covered a fair bit there. We just want to say from us, look, uh, we're we're looking forward to, uh, so much to to seeing what's next for you. Obviously, you showed immense bravery in your last two fights. You know, we love your fighting style and we yeah, we can't wait to see what's next for you, mate. So so best of luck. Awesome. Thank you very much.